0: Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we've got another exciting message. This is You Will Reign in Life, part number 10. And we're going to continue to talk about the wonderful grace of God. So grab a neighbor, grab a friend. Let them know that Kingdom Rock Radio is on the air, and they will be marvelously blessed. And don't forget to join us 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. You're going to find many messages there, video, audios, with links to our Facebook page, YouTube page, and so much more. So check it out. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, You Will Reign in Life, Part Number 10. Right here on Kingdom Rock Radio, ready to reign in life. Well, turn with me in your Bibles once again. I think your Bible should almost be stuck there, and into the uh, book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, Uh, and somebody knows what chapter. There we go, Isaiah sixty. We're going to read verses one to one two, uh, just verses one and two today, as we continue to reign in life through the one. Jesus Christ. Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60, verse 1 reads like this out of the King James Version. It says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. We receive that prophetic word. Amen. Amen. All right. Now you should know that we're going to be turning to the book of Romans is correct. The book of Romans. And we're going to go to what chapter? The fifth chapter is correct. All right. We got some scholars here today. Romans 5. And uh, we're just going to read this one verse uh, 17 today, and we're going to go, and actually we're going to expand on this a little bit more. Romans 5, verse number 17, and it reads like this out of the King James Version. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ come on and pray with me father we thank you in Jesus name for this time that you have uh, ordained and appointed to take place we pray father that you would speak expressly by your spirit I publicly confess that the answer is not in me it is not in Mark Stroud but it is in you so we pray father that you would speak today by your spirit to your people We are leaning on you and relying on you to share your word in such a way that all who hear will also understand. Lord, we decree and declare deliverance, healing, signs, wonders, miracles as the revelation or illumination or understanding of your word comes forth. Have your way in this place. We thank you, Father. Let everybody agree. Say amen. Amen. All right. Now we're going to rehearse some things as we've been doing every week to make sure that you have a good understanding about the grace of God. Remember, it's not really probable uh, that you would receive the, the, um, the uh, an abundance of something if you don't really understand it. So we have to go back and define what grace is and how it works, how it be, and what it be like so that we can really take hold of it and use it. Amen? Yes. So we can apply it to our lives. So again, let me go over just a few definitions as we go on further today. Now, of course, you have with you today uh, your Reign in Life 10 questions. Now, let me, let me just tell you, these are here for you. I won't be taking these up. So if you say, well, I don't want to answer it, well, that's, in, that's completely up to you. If you want to file it away under file 13, that's completely up to you. That's a trash can, you know. Yeah. So if you want to do that, that is completely up to you, but it is up to you uh, to review these and throughout the week, you know, it it can bring up a good uh, discussion. and helps you to understand what we talked about today. All right. So again, uh, we said before that grace isn't fair. Uh, What grace is, grace is the unmerited or undeserved favor of God. It is the goodwill of God. It is the loving kindness or um, favor that God provides to his people. Grace is a power or ability of God that is freely given without merit for us to be and to do. That's right. When you think about grace, once you think about those two words, God gives you the, in grace, God gives you the ability to be and to do through his grace. Grace is also living in the now. We receive grace for now, not just for the sweet by and by, but we can enter into what God has for us right now and appropriate it now in our lives. Let me just rehearse once again, the nowness of grace. You should have these in your past notes. And I pray that you have been uh, really just meditating on these now moments and confessing them over your life. So I'm just going to read through them very briefly here just to get them in your hearing, because I need you to hear what God is saying about you right now. Our first now moment was, now I am seated in Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God. We know that Christ is seated at the right hand of God, and we know that as the body of Christ, those of you that have received Jesus as Lord and Savior, we know that we are seated in Christ. Amen. If God is seated, or rather if Christ is seated at the right hand of God and I am in Christ, therefore I must be, you must be sitting, sitting at the right hand of God almighty. A pure, unadulterated power. So that must be your confession right now, not in the sweet by and by, but right now. And when you really begin to believe that and walk into that, who is the devil and who are Demons. What is sickness and what is disease? Yes. What is the problem yes. Yes. when I am sitting right there by God himself? Yes. Yes. Are you understanding that? Yes. Amen. This gives me power when you know who you are. So as I say, as we, we are reigning in life, there's a generation that is in darkness yes. and gross darkness covering the people. Yes. They, that's happening right now. Not will be happening. It's happening right now. Yeah. All creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for us, the body of Christ, to mature and begin to carry the power and the presence of the Lord right now. Hallelujah. So you shouldn't be fearful or afraid or intimidated. Who is it that can stand before you when you are in Christ Jesus? Who can stand before you? If God before you, who can be against you? Where is it? Tell me, what is it that can stand before me when I stand in the presence of God? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, there's so much power within your very being. When you understand who you are and more importantly, whose you are. Are you hearing? So this is why we say, confess the word of God, meditate on the word of God, know who you are in him. Because at any moment, the Lord can call out another soldier and say, go, go tear that down, tear that up, go bring in my presence, go. Are you hearing? Ah, praise the Lord. So again, um, now, now I am seated. Or should I let me change all the eyes to you because I'm talking to you now you are seated in Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God Now you are the body of Christ now um, You are made righteous without the requirements of the law Now you are justified by the blood of Jesus and and you are saved from the wrath of God Now you are free from sin now, you cannot be condemned because you are in Christ Jesus. Now, you are a child of God. Now, and as Jesus is, so are we, so are you in this world. Amen. Are you hearing? Yes. Now, if you want to get all these scripture references, make sure you get the, um, the last few notes. and Or just ask me and I'll give you this today. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, last week we talked about the picture of grace, the picture of grace, and we showed just a few pictures, a few snapshots. We talked about Mary and Martha, and we also talked about uh, the 10 lepers that were healed, but the one returned to the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. This week, we're going to go to just one more of those, showing you one more picture of grace, and then we we'll go further on, because I'm really anxious to get to the point to, uh, to talk about uh, how sin relates to grace and how it is. What, what is it about that? Some say, well, sin, or that grace is a license to sin, and so forth and so on. I'm ready to put my foot up in that. Just a few minutes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you ready? Oh, I'm excited. All right, so this morning, let's look at another case of grace. I want you to see this, another picture of grace. Let's go to the book of John, John 8, John 8. If you're in your Bibles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, John 8. And we're going to read verses 1, or I'll read, you can listen uh, or read along with me. John 8, verses 1 through 11. I am so excited. You know, I was so excited about you guys today. I could barely sleep. I'm telling you, I was so excited. My body was tired, but my spirit man felt like I had a three-year-old running around in me, running around in me, running around in me. I was so excited, so excited to get here today and share with you the rich word of God. I could jump up and shout right now. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing in this very hour. I'm so very excited on what he's doing. Oh, it's hard to contain it. I'm telling you, but let's go now. All right. The book of John, John, um, John 8. Uh, verses 1 through 11. I'll be doing just a little bit of this reading here and then we'll go back and look at the picture of grace. Are you with me? Amen. Reading on the King James Version, it reads like this Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives and early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came unto him and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. We were peeping in the window, Jesus. We saw it! Mm -hmm. In the very act, verse 5 says, Now Moses in the law commanded thus, commanded us, that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? We already have, remember, law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? Amen. Grace came by Jesus Christ. Jesus brought grace. He is the person of grace. To know grace is to know Jesus, and to know Jesus is to know the grace of God. Amen. Oh, we're excited. hmm so the law says this, Jesus. Hallelujah. Here it is, smackdown. Law versus grace. Twenty twenty. You better come and get it. Yes. Now, verse five. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what says thou? This they, say, this they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. I love ignoring people. I mean, no. <laughs> Jesus seemed to ignore them. Are you hearing? Let's look at it further. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without Sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst. Oh, he destroyed the competition. This is what grace does. He destroys the competition. Are you hearing me? (laughs) Oh, he takes your accusers out the way. Praise the Lord. Oh, let's look. And the woman was, uh, Jesus was alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman. I love Jesus. He's my hero. I got to keep stopping. Jesus is my hero. I'm telling you. I love the way he handles things. Oh, I love you, Lord. Calm down, Stroud. Okay. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Have no man condemned thee. She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I want you to notice something here. This is very, very, very powerful. The law, again, now we can see in this case that, or rather, we can notice that the law, in this case, it is the Pharisees and the scribes that are are the agents of the law, revealed her sin. Uh, Her sin was adultery, kept in private, I'm sure, kept in secret, but the law brought light to her sin and opened her sin up publicly. What was hidden, the law revealed. These agents of the law, Pharisees and scribes, they were the law personified. The law says if you do it, you're going to get it. Judgment must come your way if you break the law. Judgment must come if you break it. You will pay if you break it. You will pay, right? In other words, we can say it like this: <clears throat> the law says, um, if you do the crime, you'll do the time, right? Look at the look at the order here. But what does Jesus say? Jesus says. I don't condemn you, Amen. so sin no more. Amen. Let's look at it this way as well. I want to bring that to you several, several different kind of ways. The law says if you don't sin, you won't be condemned. If you don't do wrong, you won't be judged. Just keep on flying right, and you won't be judged. But Jesus says, I'm not going to judge you. Are you hearing he says, I'm not going to condemn you, so go and sin no more. All right, I want to bring this out to you several ways. In other words, here again, the law says, don't sin and you won't be punished. But Jesus says, I won't punish you, so don't sin. The law says, if you do good, you'll receive good. Jesus says, I did the good for you, now you can receive good. Are you hearing? The law says, if you do bad, you receive condemnation. Jesus says, I took your bad so that you can receive justification. It's all about Jesus. Are you hearing? It's all about him. Now, let's turn for a moment. Let's go back to Romans 5. We're going to keep this picture of grace Keep this picture of grace. We're going to go to Romans 5. Keep that picture of grace, how Jesus handles the sin. The one who could have condemned her did not. Amen. Jesus could have condemned. He himself, remember he said, who is without sin cast the first stone. He was without sin and could have cast a stone at her. Amen. But he refused to. He offered her grace instead. He gave her the gift of no condemnation or the gift of grace and then said, don't sin. Here again, the law says, if you don't sin, I won't condemn you. If you don't sin, you won't be condemned. Jesus said, I'm not going to condemn you, so don't sin. Get the tape and hear it again a few other times. Get the tape. Romans 5, I'm going to go back and read uh, verses 17 through 21. And then we're going to just park for a while, and I want you to understand here again the picture of grace. Romans 5, 17 says again, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Verse 18, therefore, as by one, <clears throat> rather, therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made what? Righteous. As we said before, our righteous standing in God, his liking us, has nothing to do with our good works but everything to do with Christ, everything to do with what he did. Are you hearing? Verse 20 says this. Now, here is our next PowerPoint. Verse 20 says, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Verse 21, that as sin hath reigned unto death even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, look back at verse 20 one more time. As we're dealing now, I want to deal now with the avenue of sin and grace. Some say again that grace is a license to sin. And if you preach grace, you're giving people access and say, oh, go ahead and do what you want to do. You're under grace. That's the biggest lie and sham. And we'll look at that today in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 20, I want to read verse 20 for you out of the New Living Translation. And it reads like this, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. Now understand that. Let me read that first part again. God's law was given so that people could see how sinful they were. Here again, the purpose of the law is to reveal sin. Look what happened in the example of a woman called adultery. The agents of the law, the law personified, revealed her sin. Mankind and ourselves, we do not have the ability to see our own sin many times. So God gives a mirror and says, look. If you're going out to dinner, uh, or rather if you're at dinner and um, you've been eating spinach, you're sitting with a friend there, you know, you can be eating spinach and have some spinach caught up in your teeth, and some folk won't even tell you, they just look at you. (laughs) Or many times, if you pardon the expression, you can have a bat in the belfry, Uh, mucus in your nose of a hard substance. You can have that showing, but they won't tell you embarrassed. Oh, if there's something wrong in the nasal area and the teeth area, at least tell me, go check, go check yourself in the bathroom. Go check, go check yourself. Oh praise the Lord. So you will, we can have things wrong with us and not know it. Amen. Amen. So God gave the law to reveal to you your weaknesses and sins. Are you hearing? Amen. So the law did a wonderful job at revealing weaknesses, at revealing sin, but it could not fix it. The mirror could not fix it. Amen. It can only show you what was wrong. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing? So for us to stay under law, that means you'll perpetually be seeing what's wrong with you. And if you're always seeing what's wrong with you, always seeing your own sin, always seeing your condition, that does not promote intimacy with God. As a matter of fact, you want to run away from God instead of run to him. In this comes the Messiah, Jesus, Jesus Christ, who sees the condition and says, here, come here, let me clean you up. Are you hearing? He's the one who does something about the sin that's in the mirror. Are you hearing? So here again, I want you to see this, that God's law was given so that people, so that we could see the sin. That was the purpose of it, to reveal sin, to reveal it. Not for us to continually look at the guilt and the shame and the spots, but once we see it, we're to cry out to the Lord for salvation, healing, and deliverance. Amen. Yes. Romans 3, you can turn this or just listen. Romans 3 verse 20. This is out of the new out of the New Living Translation. I'm sorry, this is out of the um, New International Version, the NIV. I love the way this particular translation reads. Romans 3 verse 20 says, "Therefore no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law We become conscious of our sin. So once again, through law, we become conscious of sin. The law says you're guilty. You've done it. And here again, where there is law, there is condemnation. There is shame. There is guilt. The law constantly points its finger at you. But here again, the Lord Jesus has delivered us from the curse of the law. Okay, the law points it out, but Jesus is the one who takes it away. Okay, are you still with me today? In the King James Version, it says in Romans 3 verse 20, it says, therefore, by the the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. That is by you doing good and keep doing good and keep doing good, you're not going to be made right in the sight of God because we cannot manufacture enough right to come up to God's righteous standard. The bar is set too high. You can't even see the bar. Are you hearing? It's too high. Only Christ could jump over that. Only Christ could master that. And we enter into his righteousness. So it says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Understand something. By the law is the knowledge of sin. Now, the word knowledge in the Greek means Precise and correct knowledge. It means the knowledge of things ethical and divine. In other words, the law gives you precise and correct knowledge of your own sin and inadequacy. Are you hearing? Y'all with me today? Come on, stay with me. The law gives you that knowledge of sin. Here again, but it does not promote intimacy. One more, Romans 7 uh, Romans seven verse number seven out of the NIV once again it says, "What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not, nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. Amen. Are you hearing Amen. for I would not that uh, for I would not have known. Uh, What coveting really was, if the law had not said, you shall not covet. So we see here a picture of law and what law does. Now, let me take a moment as we go into today's modern day church. Here's what you will find at many altars. At many altars, you'll see people giving their lives to Jesus and they receive grace initially. But then they go out and serve under law. They say, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. Now it's up to me to do right and to be right and i'll be pleasing in your sight now i'm going to do my best to do good and be a good christian and i'm going to do my best not to hurt anybody not to lie not to cheat not to not to commit adultery not to fornicate i'm going to do my best do my best and then and then lord i know i'll be pleasing with you and as long as i'm doing my best as long as i'm not breaking any laws as long as long as i'm doing really good i know that you hear my prayers I know that you'll move on my behalf, but what happens when you do wrong? You can do 100 things right, and that one wrong thing you do can tear the entire house down. We come into what we, we say a person goes on streaks. You know, I haven't done this in a long time now, so I know God must like me because I haven't done this. That's the system of law. In other words, you are basing your relationship with God on your successes or your failures. When you feel like you've done well, me and Jesus are okay. We're okay. He hears me and I know He's with me because I pay my tithe. I come to church. I pray. I try to help people. So I know that Jesus heals me and He hears my prayer. I know it. You know what that is? Pharisaical. You know what that is? That's, oh, look at me. I am so good. I am so good because I've done so well. But the first moment you do something unwell, then we come back to the altar and say, God, forgive me. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. And there's a cycle of ups and downs, up and down, up and down, up and down. You don't think God can use you. You don't think he's here based on what you are doing. What Jesus said, let me move all that out of the way. Let me take all that away from you so that we can concentrate on a relationship with one another. Are you hearing? And Paul argues, and we'll see this, we'll see this further on, Lord willing. He said, are you made perfect by the works of the law? Absolutely not. You didn't receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law. You received it by grace, Amen. by faith. Amen. And how you came into the house by grace, by, by, the, by the faith of God. How you came in is how you're going to remain in. Okay? So here again, here's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to bring in that that faulty doctrine and have always those that will condemn you, saying you're nothing, you did this and you, you did that. Or in order for you to be healed, you got to come and confess all your sins and confess that you've done wrong and you've been wrong. Then God will really like you then, and then he'll do something for you. But understand, that is under the title of law. And God has delivered you from law into grace. Does that make sense to you? All right. Now, let me read this to you. Here again, law did a wonderful job of communicating our sins, our failures, and our shortcomings. Wonderful job. Your relatives have done it too. But a poor job of promoting intimacy with God. And that's what this thing is all about. Are you hearing? The law, I love this, the Lord gave this to me. The law is like a bill collector or a full bladder, an empty stomach. Or an accuser. It's hard to hear somebody or interact with them when you got these things screaming in your ears. You got a full bladder. All you're thinking of is, please be quiet so I can go. (laughs) If you're hungry, please be quiet. I got to feel, I got to feel my belly. Or like a bill collector, keep calling, keep calling, keep calling. It's real hard to have peace when you got all these things on you. Or your accuser always saying, guilty, you ain't nothing, guilty, 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 guilty. You ain't nothing, guilty, guilty, guilty. It's really hard to be intimate with God, having all these things screaming in your ears. So the Lord said, here's what I'll do. I'll pay the bill. I will allow you time to use the restroom. I'll empty your bladder. I'll feel your belly. Are you hearing? Amen. And I'll proclaim that you are innocent to your accuser. Amen. And now can we talk? Amen. Now can we fellowship? Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. And so now on this side of grace, what are we doing? We're concentrating on building a relationship with him and being more like Christ. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Oh, that was good. Give your neighbor a high five and tell him, oh, that was good. Now, now that we see a picture of law, now you have to see the picture of law and grace because you're going to have to go back out of here. And the enemy is a mastermind at showing you different things about you. You haven't done this. You did that again. You said you never do this again. You ain't nothing. God's not going to hear you. He's turned his back on you and all these. He's a mastermind. What he wants to do is keep showing you your failures, keep showing you things of the past so that you will come away from grace and fall under condemnation. Now, once you're under condemnation, he'll try his best to shut you down. Until you realize, until someone that is spiritual restores such an one, Amen. brings you a word of grace again, letting you know it was never about you or the good things you could do in the first place. It was all about Jesus. Yes. And even though you have done that, confess your sins before the Lord and understand that he has already restored you. He's still there and he still loves you and he still says, come home, come home, come home. Amen. You understand? Amen. So it's not about you. It's about Jesus. We confess our sin before him because when you confess your sin before God, it breaks the power of that old sin off of you. Are you hearing? It breaks, it brings the light into that part of your life. If you don't confess your sin, the things that you are doing wrong, then that means that it will continue to work in darkness and you don't want the enemy to work in darkness anywhere around you. So you confess it. God, I did this again. I mess up again. And even when you feel it coming on, some of you know what it means to have a monkey on your back. E, 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 E. Oh, God, I, I feel like this again. Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. God, deliver me as you, be, as you begin to talk to the Lord about it. Remember, he is your counselor. As you begin to talk to him about it and talk to him about it, it's bringing more light into the situation, more light into the situation. And I'm telling you, the more light comes to the situation, the less that thing will have a hold or grip over you. Let me tell you one thing to use. Use the power of procrastination. If you can't do anything else, use the power of procrastination. I'll do that later. Yes, I feel it. Yeah, uh, yeah. maybe maybe later, maybe later. Giving you time to get with the Lord. (laughs) Are you hearing? Now, let me show you the superiority of grace over the law. Would you like to see this? Go with me to the book of uh, 2 Corinthians. I'm going to read verses 7 through 11. 2 Corinthians 7 through 11. Let me show you how superior... Grace is to law. Here again, grace gives us the opportunity to fellowship with God, to love on Him, to love on Him, to have uninterrupted fellowship with Him. When sin occurs, we must immediately confess it before the Father. Let Him wash us off of you, because sin does have the ability uh, to cloud your vision and to stop up your ears if you stay in it long enough. So you don't want it in your life. Here's another example of sin. Let's say you have nice, pretty white carpets all over the house. You have nice, nice white furniture all over the house. But you got a little cat. A little cat, and that cat's been outside rolling around in the mud. and his paws and little paws are dirty, little paws are dirty. His whole coat is dirty and you see it outside. If it's anything like, like my, my, my little cat, when you at the door, he's coming. He's come right at the door. He wants to come in. He wants to come in the house. He wants, if you turn your head just a, just a second, pew, he's going to make a beeline right in the house. You turn your head and my little cat will come in. No, no, no. It's not wintertime, cat. You stay outside. You stay outside. You stay outside. But he looks for an occasion to get in the house. Every time I drive up, oh, hey, they're here. Yeah. <laughs> he's looking to get in. In the mornings, when we, when we get up to feed him, open the front door, he's, his paws are on the, the glass. Hey! <laughs> As if he's been waiting there all night. Hey, I want to get in. Hey. I'm telling you. But so you have this nice white furniture, nice, all, all everything is nice and white and clean and pure. And you turn your head just for one moment. You open the door to go out and look away. And that has shot in. I guarantee you, it's not going to stay in one spot. It's going to go all over the house. If you let it in, it's going to go all over the house. That's the nature of sin. It's like roaches. You get one roach. You see one roach. Get the exterminator right away. If you see two, you're already in trouble. Because they will multiply. Are you hearing? So even though we have authority over these things, we do not allow them to come in. Are you hearing? Amen. Say, I'm righteous with God. I know I am because of the works of Jesus Christ, not by my own works. So, yes, but still be vigilant yes. and be sober, yes. knowing that that enemy is still outside your door. Yes. And that little thing knows what you like. Yes. And all it wants is to get a paw in. Yes. It gets a paw in. It'll get, it'll get the other foot in. And if he can get the other foot in... It's gonna climb all over and come into the house. And once it comes in the house, you got to get it out the house. Once you get it out the house, then you got to clean up the mistakes, the all the stuff that it did while it was there. You got to go back and apologize. Oh, I'm so t- I'm s- I don't know what got in me. I'm so sorry for slapping you. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I'm so sorry for cursing you out. You're really, you're really pretty beautiful, you know. You're, you're, I don't know why I told you that. I, I don't know why I did that. That's all the cleanup you got to do. All the cleanup, because the sin has gotten in the house. You got to go back and clean all of that stuff up. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. Yeah, so it's nothing to be played with or trifled with. Keep it outside. And be aware that it is trying its best to get inside, trying its best to destroy your marriage, your family, your home, your reputation, your finances. Yes, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places or seated in Christ at the right hand of God in heavenly places. Yes. Yes, you're all that in a bag of chips. Yes, you are. But yet and still, it's still at the door. Turn to the and tell him, be careful. We're not in heaven yet. We're still here. You understand that? We're still on the battlefield right now. You're still at war. Praise Jesus. So let's talk about the superiority of grace and law, uh, grace above law, and then we'll close out for today. Are you ready for this? I'll be reading this out of the NIV. I love the way it reads. read out of King James. I love the King James, King James, King James, King James. But sometimes I like to hear other versions as well if it brings out the flavor, more so of the word of God. It gives me a better understanding. Amen? Amen? Listen to what it says. This is 2 Corinthians 3, verses 7 through 11. It says this, now if the ministry that brought death, now what is the ministry that brought death? Hmm. Let's see. Let's go on further. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone. Sounds like what? The Ten Commandments, the law, right? So let's back up again. It says now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone came with glory so that the Israelites could not look uh, steadily. At the face of Moses because of its glory transitory or fading though it was will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious Amen. come on and shout Amen. if Moses was they couldn't even look at the glory of Moses and that was the glory of the law I want to run around Let's, let's read a little bit further. It says, uh, will not, verse 8, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? Amen. Verse 9, if the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is a ministry that brings righteousness? Yes. Woo, Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo, I'm going jump rope. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Are you with me? How much more glorious? Oh, let's read a little bit further, verse ten. For what for what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory or fading came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? <laughs> We have entered into a greater glory, a greater glory. If God was with them in a cloud by fire by night, and a cloud and a cloud of, by day to cover them, how much more glory shall we receive even now? All the signs and wonders and miracles of the Old Testament have nothing in comparison to what God is doing in us in this present moment and time. Hallelujah. How much more glorious, how much more power is at our disposal as Christ works with us, in us, and through us in this new dispensation of grace. How much more? I used to say, Lord, let my face glow like Moses. Why would I want to glow like that? When the glory of grace Glow so much more brightly. When Jesus himself stood there with Moses and Elijah on the mountain, he was transfigured. His clothes were like lightning, not only affecting his skin, but his clothes. He radiated. That's the glory, the glory of the new covenant, the, the glory of grace. The power is exponential. Are you hearing me? So, what does the enemy want to do? He wants his best to keep you under law where well, you can be controlled. Because he knows once you receive, once you receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you will reign. You will reign. Hallelujah. You will be uncontrollable, unstoppable as you learn the power of the grace of God on your behalf. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. Hallelujah. Y'all ready to pray? All right. First of all, if you're in this place today and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now is a wonderful time to enter into his grace. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night we have what's called Hour of Power.